0: Hey Nicole, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on She
1: Rises. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. We know each other from I was going to say way back in the day, but it really does feel like it was like eons ago um, yeah. that we were in a program together. And of course, I've been following your work this whole time because you are a lover of what I'm a lover of, which is relationship. And moreover, you know, teaching women how to be love and love themselves. And so I'm excited to have you on the show to dive into this topic and to open up the conversations for our listeners um, to, you know, reflect on their own love life and their own love of self. So I'm so happy you're here. And normally, we start off the show with what I like to call the she rises story. You know, I believe that every woman has their story of rising from the ashes. And most of us do it multiple times. uh, The phoenixes that we are. And Mm -hmm. I'm really curious, how is it that you found your way into this work? And what's your story?
1: Mm, I definitely relate with the Phoenix (laughs) and the rising. I felt (laughs) like that for sure. Um, So I I mean, I started off, you know, I'm a love coach now and a love teacher, but I started off just getting trained as a life coach. And the reason I did it was because I was working as a publicist. I hated that job. Um, To me, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. I hated working in an office and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I would just kind of like sit there at my desk and write affirmations and ask the universe and journal, like, what am I supposed to do? And um, I went to a, a landmark forum kind of seminar. And this girl got in front of the room and she said, I'm 24 and I'm training to be a life coach. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. I think I was 26 or something at the time. And I just didn't know you could do that. Like when I became certified as a coach, like not everyone (laughs) was getting certified as a coach, even though it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it wasn't trending like it is now. And so she opened up my mind to the fact that I could be a coach. And then I started researching, I went to um, NYU has a certification, I did that program, and I found I really loved it. And then I started off as a life coach. And um, every woman coming my way, wanted help only with relationships and love. And at the time, I was in what I thought was a soulmate, Relationship like I had thought that I had found the one, and I started building my business. I even you know wrote about him on my bio on my website, and he ended up not so much being a soulmate as a wound mate. And um, throughout that relationship, I came to discover that actually I was in an emotionally abusive relationship, and he cheated on me multiple, multiple times with different women, and it was just a very traumatic experience. So. I built this business. I thought I had great love that imploded. And then I was a single love coach. And then I had to really put myself through my own program. <laughs> and I had to do the work for myself. And I did that work and I healed from the trauma and the abuse. And I attracted in, you know, really, 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 really amazing love. So. That's what I do. I teach women about about how to really love themselves, how to rise from things like you know abusive relationships or just not having the love that you want, and and get there. So my journey was, you know, they say like you teach what you need to know. Absolutely. And I, for, me, it, for me it started that way for sure. And then somewhere along the line, I started to really feel like, okay, I've got a handle on this. I'm an expert. But I definitely started maybe even before I really felt like I was ready, but there was a calling on me to go down this path, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. You know, I, um, and you may or
0: may not remember, I I started off doing relationship coaching, which Mm -hmm. I would say I still do now. Um, It just looks differently. but. I remember going through a very similar thing where I had the crash and burn relationship and then it was like, well what the hell am I doing? Who am I to be teaching this? What's going on? It was like, oh wait, no, I need to learn this. Like I like you said, I need to put myself through my own program to actually get this. And of course it's so rewarding and you know, it's it's that thing when you become a coach or you become anyone that's sort of in the personal development uh, industry, you know, it's it's not because you're perfect. It's not because you just suddenly made it somewhere. It's because you yourself are, have been or have worked on these things before or are constantly improving. So, I love that, that we teach what we most need to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. You said something amazing in that story and you talked about a wound mate and I, I like immediately when you said that, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Like I, I want you to dive into that. Cause I know that there are multiple women listening to this that need to yeah. know what that is.
1: Yeah. I cannot coin the term. Actually, that term came from a client of mine, Heather Christian Strang. So she told me that term and I said, Heather, I love that term. Cause it's exactly what is, was true for me. And I think, you know, uh, for me, I, I attracted the person in. And I thought he was everything I had been dreaming of. And really, I feel like at the time, I just felt like I was lacking in certain areas. Like he seemed to be very spiritual, right? I was working on my spirituality, he seemed to be very confident. It really was coming from this place. uh, I didn't realize at the time of I feel that I'm lacking in these things. And you have them, I think and let me put you on a pedestal. And I didn't realize like I had worked on myself before getting in that relationship. But I didn't realize the parts of me that were still unhealed, like putting someone else on a pedestal. I, um, you know, when I was a kid, my parents never said, I love you. And I I was very criticized. That's just like the brief overview. But I didn't realize until I got in that relationship that my inner little girl, the wounded part of me thought, for example, love equals criticism. Like, oh, it's okay to be in a relationship with somebody who criticizes you. Because that's what I had experienced as a child. And so the wound mate is when, you meet that person that reveals to you the deeper hidden wounds that you didn't know were there. And I think very often it happens for those of us who are on the personal development path, and we're working on it, and we have this deep desire to heal. But we need that other person to really bring it up. And so it's the mix of really high attraction and feeling like, oh, my God, I've met the person for life. And then it kind of crumbles, but it's ultimately the best thing. Like that relationship was the best thing for me because in that relationship in so many ways, I really learned, um, how to love and also what I needed to most heal myself to get the love that I have now.
0: Isn't that always the way like you, and of course when you're in it, and I know there's people that are probably listening to this right now that are in it. Um, it's, I mean, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that this is going to be the best thing for you. You don't you don't want to hear that like, well, this is the lesson and this is the thing, but it really does end up being the lesson. It, re- it ends up being the thing that gets you to the next person or the next piece of you and it's the it's both the both the beautiful thing and the painful thing in relationships
1: yeah and and when you're out of it then you look back and you realize like okay because i think we think when we're in those wound mate relationships like we really do have this perception of like this is the perfect person for me i remember thinking like i'll never find anyone like that and then i had on top of that you know when the relationship got bad him telling me like you're lucky i'm with you no one will want to be with you like things like that so i really was in this mindset of there is nothing else. And um, I I, I remember like after breaking up with him, I literally was saying like, I'm the Phoenix. I will rise from this. I will have incredible love. And I just really had to like hold on to a vision. I didn't have any evidence yet that something better was possible. And so I just want to like share that if anyone's listening and they're like, if I say the term would mate and you start having this like weird intuition and you start thinking about your relationship, um, just to know that like, there is something on the other side and that that dream that you have inside of you for the love that you want that vision that you have like it is so true like it is the truest thing um and if you have the courage to follow it I really feel like love love rewards people who take risks for love like love loves people who are like I don't care what I've been through I'm gonna keep going you know like Those people, they do eventually get to that incredible epic love that everyone else wants.
0: So tell us what you mean when you say that, I love that part in your bio that says, you know, you don't teach women how to find love. You teach them Mm -hmm. how to be love. I just, I read that and I got goosebumps all over.
1: Yeah. Well, I really believe that at the end of the day, if you are seeking a relationship from the place of I'm lacking I don't have this, and I need you, that's never the relationship that you want. Because like attracts like, right? So then you attract in the men who feel lacking. And those are the men who hurt you, even though they don't want to, or it's not intentional, you know. And so um, my, my journey was really learning how to love, like, I became very interested in how to figure out how to make love works. That's why I named my company Love Works. But I just kind of had this intuitive knowing, like if I am filled up with love, if I'm a person who loves myself, if I'm a person who knows how to love others, like if I literally, who I am is a vibration of love, then of course all this love would come to me. So I kind of stopped thinking, let me get love on the outside so I can finally feel love on the inside. And I started thinking, how do I actually be love? And for me, that came down to, learning how to love myself, learning how to appreciate myself, learning how to not focus on all my flaws and instead selectively focus on the good. It came down to me learning how to really love and parent that inner little girl inside of me who hadn't received love. And then it came down to me learning how to love men, which I think is honestly, a big thing that's missing, you know, for a lot of women, because we're saying, I want love, I want love, I want love, I want a man to do XYZ. But most women aren't thinking about how to really love a man in a way that opens him up to really wanting to give you everything. So I'm a student of A Course in Miracles. I've been studying it for the past seven years. And one of the things A Course in Miracles says is to have, give, right? So I just figured if I just become love itself, and if I just become a very loving person, if I believe that to have give, it has to come to me. And it works for me. It's worked for so many of my clients. I think it really is the thing that actually brings you the love that you want. And it's so counterintuitive.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more like hundred, 110%, but... Um, because it, it feeds back into what we just talked about with the wound mate, right? And I think it's Father Richard Rohr who who calls it wound summoning. It could be another author, and I apologize, I don't have the reference right, but that whole idea of summoning, or sorry, void summoning, right? It's It's calling in someone from the void, from the empty space. So I love what you just shared because that really speaks to who do you become? Who do you have to become? Fill those voids yourself to the best of your ability and and be attractive from that standpoint, from being full, from being love itself. I love that. Mm -hmm. It really works. I wanted to ask you about something that I, it's interesting, I've written a lot of blog posts or on my website, and I've written a lot about relationships because I've been a student of relationships, right? And I have one particular blog post that I kid you not, Nicole, I think I get a comment on it Maybe I would say once a week, sometimes twice a week. It mm. is um, one of my most responded to blog posts. And, and I understand why. And it's, it's called The Consequences of Emotionally Shutting Down in a Relationship. Mm. And you just spoke to something interesting there when you said that we as women need to learn how to um, evoke that love that we desire from a man. So I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that in your experience. Yeah.
1: Totally. I mean, I think it's a natural response, first of all, if your heart is hurt to want to shut down. <laughs> but again, like so many of the patterns that we use as protection, don't actually have us be thriving in love, you know, so the journey is, is learning to overcome that. And so, um, you know, what, what I teach women is, okay, how do you actually love, love a man because one of the things I teach is this concept that I created called emotional leverage and basically it boils down to this most women get start dating a man and they make requests of him that are larger than his emotional capacity to give at that point in time so for example you're dating a guy you have a lot of feelings about him right like you feel all this like i put him on a pedestal i think he might be the one after date 2 and so because the <laughs> woman feels that The woman feels the intensity of the feeling, right? So she tries to make requests based on how she's feeling, assuming that like, okay, I feel this way, so I should get this back from him. But most women fail to to check in with where is my emotional leverage? So if a man's heart is really fully open to you, if he's given his heart to you, if he feels he can trust you, you can pretty much ask that man for anything. Like men, are, I believe, very, very, very loyal, actually, when they actually give you their heart, okay? Now, a lot of men don't, but when they do give you their heart, you have them, right? And so most women make the mistake of not checking in with, where is his heart right now? How open is he right now? How much does, is he liking me? Is he wanting to open? And a lot of women, like, they'll, they they want what they want. And I don't think it's wrong for a woman to want what she wants. But she's not again, checking in with where he's at. So what you want to do as a woman is create the space for him, where he feels more love than he ever has more seen than he ever has, because most men don't actually get that more respected, more emotionally safe. And I'm a firm believer of if you create that space where he feels better than anywhere else in the world, because you're giving him what he's not receiving at work or with his guy friends who aren't going deep, right? Like he's going to want to be around you and serve you and love you. So when I met my husband, Mike, for example, I really wasn't thinking about what I could get from him. And sometimes my clients, like they're like, no, but like, how did you get him to propose quickly or like, and I'll tell them, I wasn't focused on what I could get from him. And I had my standards, don't get me wrong. But when I met Mike, I really had the intention of, no matter what happens with him or not, how do I create the space where he feels more loved than he's ever been, where he feels more seen, where he feels more appreciated? Because I really cared about giving that to him, right? Because I knew that's what I wanted. And so because I was so intentional about that, he literally will honor any request that I have. He literally told me like yesterday, I would lay down my life for you and do anything for you. And how I got that was by really focusing on giving and focusing on my emotional leverage. Now, I want to make a caveat here, okay? Because some women are what I call um overgivers, right? They're the martyr. They're I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> so if you are that, then your work is actually to... Um, You have a very giving heart, but you need to put a velvet rope around your heart and actually watch who's coming in. So I teach this whole thing of like the five dating archetypes. There's like five different kinds of women. So for all the other four women, like if you're somebody who has a really closed heart, for example, like what I just shared will work. If you're the over giving martyr type, then you need to put the velvet rope around your heart. Don't stop your giving nature because you can't, but then you have to really watch who comes in. But everyone else, you want to be focused on, how do I create emotional leverage with him where he wants to give me everything, so it's not a struggle to get him to give me what I want.
0: And isn't it true that you can't really do that unless you yourself have worked on filling yourself up, right? Because if you're so focused on being this empty cup that needs to be filled, this is what I think makes a lot of women and and men too in relationships that um, other focused, like trying to get from the other or what they're not giving to me or, you know, they're not matching the list that I have in my head of, you know, what I think it should look like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you're empty, you're not gonna you know you're not gonna feel like doing this <laughs> because you're gonna feel like there's something that you're not getting, and may, a man or a man has to give it to you. And there's a very different energy between like I need this and I'm full of this, so of course I would have it back. Those are completely opposite energies. And when you're really full of something, it's kind of like if you're um, I don't know if you have a quality that you're like, I'm this, I'm always prompt, right? Then you kind of just expect people to be prompt (laughs) to you. But like, for me, I'm kind of like, I'm always a little bit late. So like, if somebody's late with me, I don't get mad, (laughs) because I'm not embodying the trait of promptness necessarily. So I always say to women, when you're bringing it, you can absolutely ask for it and you feel worthy of receiving it and you get it when you're not bringing it and you ask for it it's just always this vicious cycle of why won't you give it to me and then never feeling like you actually have the thing that you want so how would a woman
0: approach a situation cuz we talked about that emotional shutdown and that is it's an it's a it's a survival ingrained mechanism when you get hurt to shut down. Even our own bodies do it. If you get a cut, you know, inflammation happens and inflammation is literally to immobilize, you know, the joint. If you, if you hurt your joint, it's to shut it down. Right. So our hearts do this, our emotions do this and it's natural. So how would you navigate a situation where, you know, we'll we'll look at it two ways here. One is you've been hurt and you're emotionally shut down. And the other is like, you're observing that in your partner.
1: Yeah. So, First, you have to you have to understand that the heart shutdown is not protecting you, right? You you have to understand. In my opinion, it's it's dangerous, and and this is just my experience of having worked with so many women. And I would I I, I had this period where it seemed like every woman that got on the phone with me was someone who'd been hurt at thirty, and then she's fifty or sixty and hasn't dated <laughs> because she decided that she should be closed, right? And so I just I kind of saw that 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 was a choice, right? Close my heart and never find the love that I want. So I realized that like this is actually the most dangerous path. And so when I left that abusive relationship, one of the things I told myself over and over again was Nicole, like no matter what you're not going to close. And I had to repeat it to myself over and over again. But no matter what you're not going to close. So then, flash forward to when I met Mike. So um, you know, my ex cheated on me with his one of the people was his ex-wife. So I had some charge right around oh I got cheated on with the ex-wife and Mike has an ex-wife so I remember early on when we were dating you know we were in my house and he said something and he he took a year off um after he got divorced he took a year off to heal and I was actually his first tinder date like he's very lucky (laughs) but he (laughs) said something about like not that he was exactly thinking about his ex-wife, but you know how somebody could say a comment and it's benign, but it could trigger like all that stuff in you. So Absolutely. He, said that, he said that comment to me and it was like immediately everything in my system was like five alarm fire and wanting to shut down. And I just, I I, I literally put my hand over my heart and I said to him, Okay, I'm sorry, I've just got to feel this feeling right now because I'm feeling like a really strong feeling because of what you said. And I looked at him in the eyes and I let him see all the emotion that was flashing through me. And he's like, I've never actually seen someone like that much pain. And like, I was just sitting there feeling my heart, but that comment just hit the last lingering remnants of the pain I had experienced with my ex, right? And so I let him see it, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't um like cause a fight i didn't go oh my god like you, i i wasn't like screaming or in drama i was Emotionally open and vulnerable, and letting him see. Okay, hey, I'm having a very real like experience. So because I felt the feeling in the moment, and it was very painful, and I let him see it. What happened was the feeling started to dissipate. And then I had a mental conversation with myself, and I was like, "Am I really threatened here? Like, okay, how was my ex? Well, my ex had cheated on his ex wife. Like, in the like, he cheated on her. Like, he has an evidence a history of cheating. Mike never cheated. So. I had the, like, intellectual, logical conversation of why I shouldn't close after, like, being emotionally open and feeling it, and um, so I didn't shut down, but, like, that could have happened to me in the past, and I would have completely shut down just from a comment that somebody said that's benign, but it triggered me, right? Well, it takes a high degree of emotional and
0: spiritual intelligence to take responsibility for the feeling and say and do exactly what you did which is I, I need to feel something here like something is up for me and also to not do what we want to do is run and hide and feel the feeling somewhere else but to do it in front of him and
1: be like okay here it comes you know yes and you have to be emotionally fit as a woman right but if you are this is the second part of the question if you are emotionally fit, you inspire that from a man. Like I really feel like ladies, I'm sorry, like we've got to do it first because men have more programming than we do on you shouldn't feel anything, right? So it's our responsibility as the woman to show him what it looks like when somebody is being responsible and feeling their feelings and not running. And when you are that example, very often it inspires the other person in front of you, not always, right? People can always choose like, I'd rather be in fear, but that's how you shift someone. Like again, if you're not if you're not bringing that quality, don't ask for it yet. But when you're bringing that emotional fitness, then of course, you're going to want it from um, someone else. And I think um, in terms of getting a man to open up, if he shut down, like, the best energy you can be in is, I, and, and I think I don't know where this quote is from, I think it's from a song, but it's, I need nothing from you. I want everything for you. So when he's shut down, if you can really, because we freak out when he shuts down because we link him shutting down with our ability to get what we want or not, right? His shutdown is only a problem for us because we're going, okay, I'm not going to get what I want. It might not be him. Like we make it about us. And I think as women, we need to separate from, this is not about me. His shutdown doesn't have to do with me. So if I can let go of needing him to do something different for me, then I can actually think about What does he need? How could I help him be more safe and secure? But most women aren't doing that, right? He shuts down and then we're like, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Let me text him. Let me call him. Let me make him do something. And you always have more emotional leverage as a woman when you're coming from, I would desire you to open up. I would love that, but I do not require that for my safety. Mm. And the theme that I'm just
0: seeing repeated, repeated is stop making it about yourself. Like, you know, really, (laughs) I mean, it really just is. And, and it's, there is this, and and you said it already just a few moments ago. And I say this all the time to my clients that our, our job as adults is to learn to reparent ourselves. Right. And it is that little girl in us that pitches a fit and wants all the things. And what about me? And, And just me, 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 me. And it is that level of, like you said, emotional fitness to, not make it about you. And maybe the survival mechanism might kick in and you might get all afraid and fear is always about us. And then it's taking that step back and taking a breath and saying, okay, what is required in this situation? How could I serve?
1: Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you do it this way, it's, it's, again, it's counterintuitive, but you do get everything you want. Like what what I want women to hear is like, I have the kind of relationship where literally my husband will do anything for me. Every time I ask him, anything I ask him, he will do it. You know, he anticipates my needs. Like even little things like this morning, I was like complaining. I was like, oh, there's no toilet paper. And it's like one bathroom upstairs. We have like multiple bathrooms upstairs. And I was just like, oh, there's no toilet paper. And then I went downstairs and I came back upstairs and I saw he had just like brought all this toilet paper up. So I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have that problem again. You know, like he's always, and that's just a little thing, but he's always doing all these amazing Things for me, but it's how I showed up in the relationship first to create that emotional leverage, and then it's not really a problem. So, like, it is counterintuitive, but when you show up as love, when you let go of me, 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 you actually get all the things that you actually want.
0: I love that. You know, it is the little
1: things. It might, it might just be
0: toilet paper, but it's really not. <laughs> like, you know, it's it really is it's just like when you're having a fight about the toothpaste, it's never about the toothpaste, right? Like, so mm-hmm. it's it's not just about the toilet paper. I love that. It's a great example. So as we're wrapping here, you know, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing a couple of things. One is, you know, that woman that's listening and that's and saying, we touched on this a little bit, but You know, maybe she's not quite yet 50 and she gave up at 30, but maybe she gave up two years ago. Maybe she gave up 10 years ago. Maybe it was just last year." And she's really just afraid to get back in the game. She's afraid to, you know, put herself out there. And I can resonate with this because this was me a few years back. Like I just had the whole like, you know, fingers up and across, <laughs> you know, get, get away from me. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to her? You know, she's listening right now and going, God, but I was just so hurt. I don't know if I can go through that again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really... Get it. (laughs) I really get being incredibly, incredibly, incredibly devastated in love. And but here's the beautiful thing about love. Like that desire for love is still in there. Like I think it's really beautiful. I don't know anything like this other than love. That people will always have a desire in their heart no matter what. Even if you say you're shut down, that desire is in there. And if a magic genie showed up at your door and was like, Do you want the love of your life? I can grant it to you every single person would say, yeah. So to me, love is like the never ending desire. Like it is always there and people strive for it. Like all the songs are about it. All the movies are about it. So like the first thing is, um, stop denying that that desire is there. Cause a lot of women do I don't need men. I'm going to focus on my career, which I think it's fabulous to focus on your career, but, um, we all want love. And if you can just go, I'm really hurt right now. And I also have this deep desire for love. Like that's the first step to getting out of it. Do not desi- deny your um, desire. And then the second thing, again, it's like going to sound really counterintuitive, but it works, is the trick is being getting to a place where – You so trust that you are going to have the exact love that you want. You trust the end vision so much because you've studied it. You've pictured it. You've created it. You know what you want. You have that image of your amazing, epic love. And it's trusting in that so much and believing in that so much and believing you're meant for it, that you're willing to go through what it takes to get there, even Additional heartbreak. Mm, <laughs> so it's kind counter- of that's the key right there. It's counterintuitive. But what I said to myself was I had to get to a place where I said, I'm willing to be cheated on again. I know that sounds crazy, but I knew if I went, I don't want to be cheated on, I don't want to be cheated on, I don't want to be cheated on, that was so horrible. It was really devastating to me. Like I, I knew if I did that, I, you know, we attract what we defend against, says A Course in Miracles. I would attract in cheaters, right? So I had to get to the place where I said, okay, Nicole, you're gonna get there. And if you attracted in a cheater again, all that would mean was like, you're still not clear of whatever it is within you that's creating this, this, but that experience might help you get clear. And then from there, you would attract in the love of your life, right? So I had to accept that to get to my end goal, There might be some, you know, something I would perceive as negative along the way. But the funny thing is, again, when you're willing to say, I'm willing to experience this very, very, very often, you don't actually have to go through experiencing that. So really, it is saying, I've been hurt in the past. And in this moment, I'm willing to experience it all. I'm willing to experience whatever it is that I have to go through to become the woman who is that match for the vision that I want, because I believe it, I know it, I will have it.
0: I love that. That's so beautifully said. It's holding on to the vision and continually taking the steps. You know, it's like if a baby, you know, every time it fell trying to learn how to walk, it said, no, no, I'm not doing that again because it hurt my butt the last time. It would never, we'd never walk. Like we'd never Mm -hmm. be standing up, walking people. And it's kind of an elementary, sort of simple comparison, but it really is saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes and and viewing your life and, and all the people that come into your life as that life school, right? As that, okay, I didn't get it this time. This was the lesson and let's move on to the next.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really don't believe that people are sent to us to hurt us. I believe people are sent to us to heal us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like life is being very kind to us and saying, I'm going to bring you this person because I, I know where you want to go. And so this person is a necessary requirement for you um, to get there. And anyone whose heart is like broken or has been broken, like just know that I I get it. And I also know that it's entirely possible to try again and to open up again. And you can attract in a love that is so like amazing. And so the opposite of what you've experienced and better than anything you've ever had. And like, that has a very healing effect on the heart as well, just to be loved really well. And I think that every woman deserves that.
0: Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Nicole. What a beautiful way to wrap so succinctly. And I'd love to have you back on to continue the conversation because I think we can go in lots of different directions with the trust thing as well. But a beautiful way to wrap. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and your light and your love because it's just it emanates from you when you speak. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to sherisespodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show.